Hello and welcome to ESPN Quick and Fast Stop Mike Listener. This is Thursday, October 20th. We're recording a little late in the evening today. A few days out from the India versus Pakistan clash. But, but but before we get to all that in the world T20, let me introduce my guest. First up, Karthik Krishnaswamy. Welcome. Hey man, good to be back. As always, good to have you as well along with Karthik the familiar voice of Osman Samiuddin. Osman, you're a fan of associate cricket. I'm sure you've been enjoying the round one of the T20 World Cup and and Sri Lanka West Indies fans don't don't come at us just because I said that those teams have contributed equally to round one. You're you're feeling very energetic today, I think. I think you're up for taking all kinds of abuse from all kinds of fans. No, no, I I love it. It's it's been really good to watch. Uh, I I love even the game today, the mm-hmm. Namibia and UAE game. I thought it was an absolute classic. Um, it, it's been really good. It's been really good to watch. Like, I, I don't think that's like a surprise or a doubt. Even last year, there was some really good matches in, in the first round of the tournament and stuff. And, you know, it's just the way it is now. I, like, I know there's a, a counter movement somewhere to say that all these games, when Namibia beat or when, when Scotland beat West Indies, it's not an upset. Or when Namibia beat somebody, right. it's not an upset. I don't want to get into those. It's just enjoyable, man. It's great to watch. It's good to watch these guys. It's good to watch guys that you don't see every day of the week. Um, and it's just good to watch some quality cricket. Yeah, I think that a similar argument happened during the Women's Asia Cup when Thailand beat Pakistan. A lot of people yes. said it wasn't, and I, I think that that is a discussion for a whole other, a whole other podcast. Uh, but but that's, that's maybe not even a podcast. Thing. Not TV even a show. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the less said about some of the recent ones, Osman, the better. TV shows, that is. Yeah. Uh, okay then. Uh, but but I was just thinking. I was sitting in front of my couch, KK, and I'm sure you'd have seen this and. I couldn't take my eyes away in sort of I don't know was it a perverse way looking at they just showed David Weiser right KK did you see this today at the end of the game and he was almost in tears and you could see the camera just following him throughout that was the beauty of sport that was the sadness of sport and at the other end Netherlands their captain Scott Edwards he had gone to the press conference looking so defeated and then they were popping champagne and you saw all those videos on social media it was it was brilliant yeah and uh, the fact that Mohammad Wasim you know he bowled in like two or three games in his entire T20I career before today mm. and he's he was tasked with like bowling two of the death overs which is right. part of our topic today so i mean it was just great fun especially that last game today and yeah. two great, more great, like, great. Uh, potential crackers tomorrow as well i think i, I yeah. got a i got a sneak peek of of monga's sid monga's piece on on mohammed wasim right now and it's just amazing that he 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 gets you guys will read it i'm sure you get the description just right that he looks like just he looks like you and us as a cricketer he just like rolled up <laughs> marked out a run up actually didn't even run that much like shortened his run up and just absolutely wanged one in like the keeper you know monga says that the keeper is either like being optimistic or unaware in standing that as far back as he was and actually even off like five steps he was wanging them down and the keeper was like taking them here and stuff you know he was getting a little bit of watch man it's beautiful yeah. to watch there was even a little bit of outswing he was getting, I thought, <laughs> which is quite a task with a 17-over old ball. So. Like, he clearly should yeah. be bowling a bit more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a bit more. Well, that, that is a great segue, isn't it? Because Mohamed Wasim, he bowled the death overs. Karthik Swami, why are we here today? We are here today because we are A, going to discuss, does India have a death bowling crisis? Ta-ta-da! Let's put it out there. Do they have it or not? You're the one who's going to answer that. The other end of the spectrum is we're going to talk about death bowling as a whole, Usman. Like throughout T20s, etc. I think you've done a bit of deep dive into this. So, so we'll come to you with that. But first, KK, let's start with you. Okay, the obvious question here is just Preet Bumrah isn't there. 
I think the obvious answer to the question I asked is, okay, maybe it's not a crisis, but India seemed to be struggling in that period. And here, I'm going to classify it like Rick Info does. Death overs are that 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, last four. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, I, w- I wouldn't call it a crisis. Losing Bumrah is a big blow. That's uh, That doesn't need to be said because it's a big blow in any phase of the game, in any format of cricket. So, that's going to be a blow. You're not going to find a direct replacement for that and your mm-hmm. bowling attack is going to be weakened significantly as well. So, yes, but whether in the death over specific, I think we tend to, I know that the game is kind of geared towards like those four overs, those eight overs out of the 40 being like really crucial and like you mm-hmm. backload your batting to have you know, two or three guys who are really good in that phase and you try to have like at least two bowlers who, you know, can hold their own in their fa- in that phase. But it's still like four out of like one-fifth of a T20 innings. Nobody talks about the power play that much even though it's six overs. So, uh, at a basic structural level, yeah, I mean, I think it does get a little overstated is my feeling because we tend to view matches... I mean, the narrative of matches tends to get dominated by the finish. If you go a little back, you know, I remember as a kid watching watching television, watching ODI cricket. I probably we didn't have seven eight hours then to watch one day international cricket. At least all each and every game, my dad used to tell me, "Let's watch the first ten overs and the last ten overs." That's that's where the action happens in in probably every innings if you can find it. So I assume yeah. the the idea comes from there. That that's where you get the bang for your buck. Yeah, Oswan. Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, you know, death overs has become such a. I think especially with the, like the growth of ODIs in the, in the '90s and stuff. I think the death overs became such a big kind of. You know, nobody likes using the word momentum and all, but like if you finished well as a fielding side in your last ten overs, then you know that was it. It was meant to hold some significance for for the like for the rest of the match, uh, no matter what happened. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it became more significant because people started bowling distinctively in those 10 overs like you know they 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 devised a strategy it was one of those one of the first phases i think i remember of a limited overs game where people actively started talking about strategy and and tactics and stuff so you you know you would use yorkers at that side you would pay more attention to your fields at that point and you would you would you would rejig your batting order at least in pakistan's case in a way that you would maximize your hitting towards the end of the innings and that kind of took hold in a, in a more popular way, a lot of people started doing it. But I think, you know, what, what KK is saying is actually absolutely spot on. Like, you know, speaking of it as a crisis, it's not really because, it, it you know, then it's a it's a power play crisis as well for India because they're not going to have Bumrah in there. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you, want to have, you want to have Bumrah at any stage of your game. You want to have him everywhere, right? So not having him in the death overs, yeah, but, you know, he's Bumrah. He's probably the best all-phases bowler going in T20 cricket right now, you know, or he's very close to it if he's not that. So, his loss, of course, is an absence. But I think what what you were referring to was the the what three or four very high profile cases where India, one of the India bowlers, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, a couple of times has you know I don't want to say blown out has has, has bowled a poor I think penultimate over mostly he's bowled mm-hmm. like a poor nineteenth over where he's gone for like I think 12, 14, 18 or something I, I don't remember off the top of my head but there's been three fairly high profile. Uh, games where this has happened, which has somehow, <laughs> because we because we're always drawing out and reaching out for narratives, has become a crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that 
it it probably also suggests to the quality of Bumrah. Karthik, I want to ask you if if we let's look at the three formats, yeah. And this is not batter, bowler specific, keeper specific. How important is Bumrah? Let's start with a test. Where would you rank him? All formats. Uh, he's the first name on the team sheet. Oh wow! There's there's your headline. Yeah. Yeah. Except may, maybe like test matches in India, although he has a terrific record there as well. I think last mm-hmm. series he averaged something like nine against Sri Lanka. Uh, but uh, maybe in India, probably Ashwin would be the one pick. Otherwise, like anywhere in the world, like first name on the team sheet, whatever format, it's got to be Bumrah. Yeah, Osman, from the outside looking in. That's not. I was just going to say that. I don't think that's that's surprising or shocking. Like, who else would would it be? I mean, mm-hmm. could you argue J- J- Jadeja gets there? But you know, those are all kind of arguable ones. I think Bumrah is dead cert. He's across all three formats. Like, without any shadow of a doubt, you pick him. Like you take out India's best side. He's the first yeah. guy you put down every format. Mm-hmm. You take out any of the other guys. You have someone who is a decent enough replacement. Like, like Jadeja was has didn't play a lot of India's home tests last year and. Akshar Patel came in and did he probably even better than Jadija might have. So, but you take Bumrah out, you lose something. I don't know. You just lose something that's not not easily replaceable at all. Like no matter what. You don't have a ready replacement for that. There's there's no ready replacement yeah. for Bumrah. I don't think. So going yeah. going by what then what Osman said about say Bhuvi struggles, uh, Aship has copped some criticism. Harshal too. Uh, you mentioned the importance of Bumrah Karthik, the first name on the team sheet. So, therefore, is crisis then a fair word to use? Crisis is, I mean, it exaggerates the situation slightly. Uh, it's not a crisis, but it's a blow. It's like a, it's a concern. It's a worry, but I don't know. It's not a crisis. Osman, let me put it this crisis, way. Is it something yeah. other teams would target? Uh, I mean, people will always target that. Yes. I, I, I don't feel like it's no, Arshdeep, from what I've, from what little I've seen, no, okay, wait, let me rephrase this. I think, you know, the focus that we give on death overs, we've discussed that briefly, but I also think like it, it's a couple of overs always stand out in the, in, in death overs, like because, you know, because they go for big runs, people don't forget. So people will not forget Chris Jordan's over against Jimmy Nisham last year in the World Cup, World Cup uh, semifinal. Uh, people will not forget. Like, I will not forget an over in which Wasim Akram gave 11 away in last over in ODI, ODI in West Indies against Carl Hooper and stuff because he did it. You know, that those 11 runs were given away at, like, peak Wasim Akram final mm-hmm. overs bowling kind of period. And for Carl Hooper to have done that was phenomenal. People, of course, won't forget Ben Stokes is over. Um, and, and now Bhuvi's overs, people will not forget those because they get amplified. They're kind of like openers in the sense that, you know, their failures get magnified much, much more. Uh, in a way, because they're usually getting out, you know, first over, first ball or whatever, and and it, and it signals like a disastrous start. So I think crisis, we start throwing that word around because those overs get remembered. But I, I was speaking to Azhar Mahmood about this yesterday, in fact, for this piece that I'm doing that I'm sure we'll get into. I was speaking to Azhar Mahmood about this. And, you know, he says that it, you don't become a, a bad death overs bowler because of one bad over. Like, you just have to remember that. And you have to remember the fact that as a bowler, the problem in the death overs, and I really found this actually struck home, is not uh, that you get hit for runs, but it's when you start wavering from your own plans uh, in that death over. He was very strong on this. He said that, you know, it's really important that if you're a bowler, you're pulling that 17th or 19th over, or, you know, 18th or 20th, 
that you have thought to yourself and you've spoken to others about it, that this is my plan for this over. This is what I'm going to bowl to this guy. And this is what I'm going to bowl if strike changes. This is what I'm going to bowl to that guy. And this is what I'm going to bowl to the new guy who comes in. And it's when you start wavering from that, is that, that he says that that's when self-doubt creeps in. And, and if you've got self-doubt, then the death overs is a bad place to be in. So, you know, one perfect example of this was this recently, you guys may or may not have seen the over. I think it was Amir Jamil on debut for Pakistan in the that 70 yes. 20 yeah. against England. He had that last over to bowl against Moin Ali. You know, Moin Ali, big hitter, was informed then. I think they needed like something like maybe 14 runs off the over. So, you know, and Moin Ali had had refused signals in the previous over, singles in the previous over. He was doing basically dhoni ball. You know, he was keeping mm -hmm. it down that it's me against you and I'm going to take you down. Amir Jamil bowled superb over. He got hit for one boundary, but everything else was a wide Yorker outside off stump. And he spoke about it afterwards. And he said that, you know, Babar came up to me, the captain. He's on debut, Amir Jamil. Babar came up to me as captain and said, plan What's your plan? Amir Jamil said, Barbhai, you know, what we've discussed, what we said, I think wide Yorker is the way to go to Moin because that is a that is an area of strength against him. Bowling against him, wide Yorker is an area of strength. Babar was like, okay, you stick to it. Don't move from that. And then that's what he did. One ball, I think he executed wrong, which got hit. It was a full toss. And I think Moin hit it over mid on or long on for six. But the other balls all landed where he wanted them to. And he pulled it off. So even after getting hit for that boundary, he, he said, in fact, he said in the interview, post-match interview, he said that, you know, even after getting hit for that, I, I, mean, I, I, I stuck to myself and I said that, no, I'm not going to switch. That was just bad execution. I'm going to make sure I land this next one, right? Because my plans is good and it's working so far. So I think, you know, that becomes the important thing that people sometimes maybe don't see so much is that when once you start wavering and you have a little bit of self-doubt peeps in, then it's over, then you're gone. So before before we get, we let, let's talk about death bowling then, before we get into your piece, you mentioned Babar, Babar Azam, I remember watching that game. He was the happiest I've seen him. Like I know, I know this match was won. I think the series was also decided then, but it was like, it was, this is my, last over as much as it is Jamil. So how important is a captain then there? We know famously Dhoni trusts every one of his bowlers to almost do what they want and he works according to their plan. So I think a captain would probably, Usman, play a really, really key role then. I guess so. In the, in the sense, in, I guess in the, in the sense of a captain, like he should with every other player at every other moment, that he's backing his player. He's hmm. letting him take. And he's talking through the plan that this is a plan Okay, I'm backing you to stick with it. You know, you set your fields, you set your bowling plan, and you go with it. Like, you know, another example, that Jordan over against Jimmy Nisham. Yeah. Uh, he, and I, I think we're publishing the piece, in fact, tomorrow. So, you know, we're, we're speaking on a Thursday. This piece is going to be published on a Friday. It's a Chris Jordan interview that Bitushan has done. And he's talked about that over. Uh, and he says, you know, Chris Jordan says in that over, and of course, you know, Morgan would have spoken to him or he would have spoken to Morgan. Morgan's a pretty chilled out guy. He trusts his players and stuff. And, and Chris Jordan said that actually, you know, three balls of that over were really good balls. Two catches dropped. And the other three balls, I didn't execute as well. And I got hit and that changed the game. So, you know, I mean, you can have all these plans. The captain, you know, can be a Morgan kind of guy who's fairly hands-off. He trusts his bowlers. He knows what they're doing. Uh, he lets them be. Babar, I think, is similar. He trusts his bowlers. He lets them be. He knows that they're going to make their plans. Ultimately, it comes down to execution. And then... How much doubt or lack of doubt, you know, you have uh, in, in your abilities as a bowler, I guess. That becomes the mm -hmm. most important thing, which is, I think, I don't know, KK will probably speak more on this, but it strikes me as Bumrah is exactly that kind of guy who is so confident in his own game 
that he knows that, you know, if, if ever anything goes wrong, it's not for the, the fact that it was a bad plan. It's just that the execution may have been off. I mean, it's uh, interesting that you mentioned your conversation with Azhar Mahmood because in the IPL this year, like, uh, there's the qualifier in Calcutta where uh, uh, Rajasthan Royals were playing Gujarat Titans and uh, Trusted Krishna bowled the final over to uh, David Miller who hit him for like uh, three straight sixes in that final over and Gujarat won that game. Um, and uh, the next game, Trusted Krishna, like he put in a match-winning sort of performance uh, against Bangalore and then uh, Kumar Sangakara after the game, Sankara is uh, uh, Rajasthan's coach and he was talking about exactly what you mentioned that, uh, you know, like, so I, in that press conference, I asked Kumar Sankara, like, what, you know, sometimes in T20, it's hard to say if, you know, your results might go one way or the other, but it's hard to say whether the bowler has made a mistake or not, or if it was just luck or whatever. And he said exactly this. He said, like, you know, there are times when, you know, you have a plan, you stick to it, your execution goes wrong, then you walk back. You mark, you know what you've done wrong and you try to correct that. And on that day, you know, you may win or lose or whatever. But in that over to David Miller, Prasad uh, Krishna wavered from his plans, which was, you know, what the team was disappointed with. And he said, yeah, after the game, Prasad was like honest about it. And like, you know, he said, yeah, that's where I... Uh, you may want to bleep that. Uh, and <laughs> and <laughs> that's the kind of learning you get out of uh, an experience like that. To know where you've gone wrong and you've kind of come back from it, it's important to be honest about what you've done. But yeah, like in essence, what he said was the same thing. It's about like not wavering from your plans. Mm. And I think, you know, in top teams, you know, in press conferences, you hear the word process a lot. I think you know, teams tend to judge players on like how they've executed their process and, you know, yeah, the results will go one way in T20 especially or the other. But, you know, you know when someone's, you know, set a particular field to bowl a particular ball and then they've gone against that plan, that tells you a little more than if they bowl to that field and, okay, on the day, you know, they've tried to bowl a Yorker and it's ended up as a hitable full toss. Yeah. So even even yeah. today, even today in that game, uh, the UAE Namibia game, uh, I th- I think Visa said Visa said after the match that he he one he wasn't expecting Mohammed Usim to bowl those overs. Like, <laughs> surprise because he doesn't bowl. But he said that you know once he came on, he kind of I, I think he said something along that he knew what he was going to bowl that he was going to bowl Yorkers, but that he had a reasonable expectation that he would miss one or two of his executions, and that is when he would take him on. Right, he he, mm. he he knew that you know he's a part timer. He doesn't always bowl, so execution levels are going to be a little inconsistent. And so if he misses one, mm. I'm backing myself to just put that one away. And you know it, it just that, so happened that this was that one occasion where he didn't misexecute. He just executed everything pretty much right. Although I feel like that the ball that he got out to was maybe slightly in the slot, but you know I mean mm. he got so it doesn't matter. But I think he executed. And, yeah. Pretty much close to perfection and, and it came off. 
Yeah, that that I yeah. Visa has enough power for that. Should have cleared if 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 he had connected it fully. And I think Vasim should just never bowl a death over again. Like George Costanza <laughs> yeah. used to say, go out on a high. Just 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 don't do it. You've 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 done you've done your bit <laughs> already. He has, strike, he has a strike rate in the death of like some seven or something. By the way, that yeah, brilliant. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit more about death bowling. Osman, you're you're. Dive deep, divin deep. I I don't know the English phrasing to that. Of what what is your piece about? When can people expect it? What can they expect out of it? So I mean, there, there's still a bit of time. Uh, mm. uh, the you know the piece is kind of forming, but I've been going through numbers. We're basically looking at you know what what makes kind of a good death overs bowler. Uh, is there anything that makes it? And what is a good death over strategy in cricket? So you know, at the moment we're just at the process of kind of deep diving into numbers. One of the things I found really interesting, by the way, about the death over. So you know, Gaurav Sundaraman, big shout out to him. He put these figures together and sent them to me. One of the things that was quite amazing, and I, I shared these figures with KK. I don't know if he's had time to, to check some of them, but so the death overs run rate change from 2010, right? So we're looking at this period 2010 to 2022. That's like a pretty you know, that's an mm. epoch. That's a, a whole era or two eras in in terms of T20 cricket, especially. And you know, batting has changed like completely by leaps and bounds in that time, 2010 to 2022. 2010, the run rate per over in death overs, so that's 17 to 20, was 9.74 runs per over. In 2022, that's this year, the run rate in the death overs is 10.11. That's like, that's half or not even half a run more, by the way. So the increase over 12 years in the run rate for the death overs. And, you know, we talk about batting, we talk about bigger bats, we talk about more sixes, more boundaries. The run rate in the death overs over 12 years has basically just increased by, what is it? 0.37 runs per over. Hardly anything. And, And it's fairly, like if you go through year by year, it's fairly stable. You know, it doesn't really move that much. I think the range, the lowest it gets to is 9.2. And the highest it's gotten to is 10.11 this year. It is at, at its highest in, in those 12 years. What, what has happened, what is, what is the interesting thing, the big change is in the balls, the number of balls it takes to hit a six. So, you know, back in 2010, in the death overs, it was about 14 balls, 13.8 balls per every six that was hit in that, mm-hmm. in that phase. Whereas now it's 11.5 balls per six. So that's a difference of like two balls um, and the dot ball percentage has actually gone up by like nearly what one, well, by a percent, by a percent and a bit, it's actually gone up. So it seems like what's happening more is that people are backing their ability to hit sixes um, and they're not worrying so much about, that's like a broad kind of conclusion I'm drawing from this, that, you know, they're, they're backing their ability to hit sixes and they are hitting more sixes in the death overs, but they're doing it at the cost of not maybe scoring off every ball as much as they used to. And the overall impact, I don't know, to me, KK, it looks kind of negligible. It's not a huge amount, right? It's 0.37 runs per over, over like 12 years. It's, I, I would have, I was surprised. I would have thought it would have been like at least a run, a whole run or maybe a mm-hmm. run and a half more, you know, given how much batting has advanced. But it hasn't, it turns out. Um, yeah. yeah, those were some of the interesting things. Like we found also left arm fast bowlers do really well in the death overs, uh, spinners, there's not that many of them, but they, they bowl well at the death. But, you know, spinners, again, I say that, and I mean mostly Rashid Khan and Sunil Narayan, who are all-time great yeah. spinners in the format, right? So, you know, they will do well, pretty much. They're like Bumrah, as in you could put them anywhere and they'll do well. Um, uh, they do well, but, 
you know, usual suspects names that we saw in the top, like the best kind of death bowlers going, um, Bumrah, Shaheen Afridi, uh, I'm just going to take out some more names, Bumrah, Shaheen Afridi, uh, Jofra Archer, um, Timal Mills, Harris Rauf is getting up there, you know, kind of the standard names that, that we see. And, and one of the findings, one of the other findings that Gaurav uh, kind of highlighted initially was uh, the, you know, the, the, and we're going to talk about it. I'm sure is the Yorker as as a weapon. Mm. Uh, but he he discovered he saw this link that the guys who bowl the best Yorkers, the most successful Yorkers, so Bumrah is very much at the top there. Shaheen is also there somewhere. They also when when they get their length slightly wrong. So you know the margin of error is a big thing. If you get your length slightly wrong, so if you end up bowling a low full toss, they are still like their low full tosses or their full tosses are still. Shaheen and Bumrah in particular are way better than anyone else's. Um, so, you know, with those two guys, even if you go a little bit wrong with your length, with their lengths, they still end up like being difficult to hit, um, which, which kind of says something about them. So those are just a few of the things that we're kind of looking at uh, in the piece, like the lengths that people bowl, the most successful bowls, the type of bowlers, the overall impact changes. Um, and like, yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm hoping to get it done at some point fairly soon before. <laughs> Let, let's try and do it before the World Cup ends, I think. <laughs> mm, yeah. No, you did mention, if I can if I can just flip it around there, you said there's, there's a negligible change in the number of runs scored at the death. Now, we, like you said, expected more sixes to be hit, bigger bats, etc. Is that because, and you mentioned some of the bowlers, it's extremely unfortunate that two out of the three names, first three names you mentioned are not going to be playing the World Cup, which is Archer and Bumrah. And Mills came in as a replacement. It's just that death bowling has improved a lot, maybe better than the batters finishing in innings. Could, could that be an argument that could be drawn? Yeah, I mean, that's the obvious kind of thing that you... <laughs> kind of take from those figures Osman mentioned, right? Which is that if the run rate hasn't gone up by a crazy amount, despite what you think is like a lot more innovation in batting, a mm. lot more power hitting, a lot more sort of range hitting and stuff that these guys uh, practice. And there's so many players now who are like proper T20 specialists. So this is what they do and this is what they yeah. do well. So, with all that, if the uh, run rate hasn't increased by a great amount, you would think, okay, that's probably because the bowling has also improved at a, you know, at a kind of equivalent rate or mm. close to equivalent rate. And you do see that in the kind of range of strategies that bowlers use at the deaths. I mean, in the early years of T20, you would think that most bowlers were trying to bowl Yorkers and the ones who were good at it were good death bowlers and the others, you know, they probably weren't. And, uh, you know, now you have a range of different kinds of bowlers. You have guys who bowl, you know, hard length, or, which again is a term that's kind of gained currency over the last maybe four years. And uh, you have, like, you know, bowlers who bowl very different kinds of slower balls. The wide Yorker has become such a part of the yeah. game now, I think. One thing, if you haven't looked into it, Osman, is just from your in the same period, 2010 to 2022, to see in the death overs and maybe in general also, like how many wides are bowled in a T20 game. I have a feeling that must have gone up quite a bit because people are attempting wide yorkers so much more often now. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't have the numbers with me right now, but like I would think there might be a change. 
uh, that, that, that's Maldives. another paragraph added to Osman's piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. KK, you mentioned Yorkers. Yeah. Uh, we, let's yeah. talk about Yorkers then. And this is something that, especially on commentary and even as a viewer, it just comes out, right? Like, why can't this guy just bowl Yorkers? That seems like the yeah. simplest form of containing runs at any stage of the innings. Forget forget yeah. the death overs. But the death overs, because batters are swinging, you, you, you try and say that. So, a, how hard is the art? KK will stick with you. And B, who are some of the best proponents you have seen of it currently and in the past? So why is it so difficult is quite simply that the margin for error is just very small. Like mm. you get it right, uh, it's hard to hit, right? Like you can't, uh, it's very hard to hit it in the air because there's no room for you to maneuver it to get the kind of elevation you need. And uh, yeah, there's only some parts of the field that you can hit it to and if your bowler has set your has set his field well, then you know you're going to get a single for it, probably or two. Uh, so, like with most bowlers, if uh, you know their yorker probably goes at like seven and over, with most bowlers, right? Uh, most fast yeah. bowlers. But then you err slightly full and you bowl full, or you bowl err slightly too short and you bowl half volleys. You're getting hit. You're getting hit for fours and sixes. And uh, which is where like Bumrah really like uh, just stands out from the crowd. Uh, Usman mentioned this as well and I'd written a piece on Bumrah a couple of weeks back just after it was confirmed that uh, he's not going to be playing the T20 World Cup. Which is that his full toss goes at like 8 and over, 7.9 or something. This is in the last two years. 7.9. Yeah, 7.9 and like the second best bowler in that list. I, I had done from the start of 2020 or 2021, I don't remember exactly, but second best bowler on that list was going at like just under 10 and over for their Yorker, which is yeah. a massive difference, right? Hmm. So, you know, there's something about like Bumrah's action and uh, like he releases so far in front of the crease. So like the batter has like that much less time to kind of react and like uh, figure out what to you know, what to do with a particular ball. And with a full toss, it's generally quicker also. So you get even less time. And uh, plus, I think with his action, he kind of generates more backspin on the ball. And that surely has something to do with how how hard his Yorker is to hit as well. I think it just jars your bat a little more than maybe other bowlers. I say without any experience of facing anyone like Bumrah remotely. But yeah, uh, yeah, so for whatever reason, like his full tosses are hard to hit, which makes his Yorker so much more effective because he knows he can bowl it without, you know, fear that, okay, if I get this wrong, it's going to go horribly wrong. Which is He, has a, bigger, he has a bigger margin, I think, than a lot of other bowlers. He has a bigger yeah. margin, bigger margin for error. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. I've got the figures here. So, Bumrah, the, the, the best, so this is since the... Uh, I think this is over the last year or last two years, maybe. The best yeah. economy rate after Bumrah 7.9 is uh, is Bravo at 9.4. Ooh. Dark at 9.78. And then everyone else beyond that is 10. Above 10. That includes like 10, yeah, yeah. Includes Fizz. It includes everyone. So Bumrah is like a run and a half better on his full toss than any bowler like close to him. Mm-hmm. Um, which is crazy. Which is absolutely insane. It's significant like significant difference I think to everybody else in that group yeah 
Osman, you're a bit older than us. So throw some of the older names out there. Like who who have you seen? This needn't be based in stat or it's just, just if someone tells you who are the best death bowlers, give me five or give me three. Like who comes to your mind first and why? You ah, mentioned like, Wasim Akram. I mean, yeah. Yeah, of course. It would have to be. The yeah. first two would be Wasim and Makar. Like, I, you mm-hmm. know, I would take them still like over anybody else. I, I live in that like, you know, 90s peak that they mm-hmm. had. Like they would be, Wasim Makar would be there. Uh, Alan Donald was another one, you know, from that era. I'm talking about older bowlers. Uh, currently Ambrose. Um, I, I never saw that much of him live, but I imagine given the kind of Yorker that he had, and I would have to look up his figures, but somebody like Joel Garner would have been a pretty good like end overs bowler. Although, you know, in the in those days of like the 55 over ODI game and like you play six ODIs in a year, I don't think like the concept of the death overs was such a big thing, yeah. you know. Um, but there were all guys. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, from, from so Suril Gavaskar wasn't batting that slowly to target the final 10. Yeah, I don't exactly. think that's his plan. 36, yeah. 36 of however many balls. So, yeah, like Wasim, all the usual suspects. Like, you know, for, for a while, Pakistan would just produce. They, they, they had a guy, Amir Nazir, who played like a few ODIs. Uh, almost took a hat trick on his ODI debut. He, like, you know, bizarrely, very briefly became a really good death over the bowler uh, for a while. Uh, nowadays, you know, Harris is really, like, Harris Rauf has really come up as one. Mm. But I was saying earlier, and what little I've seen, uh, like, I, I, and I saw, you know, I've seen a bit of him in the IPL, of course, and then the Asia Cup. But Arsteep Singh, man, he can land a mean, mean Yorker. Like a proper mean Yorker. Like, he... Ha- I think I saw two of his, he he bowled the 20th over twice in the Asia Cup, I think, KK, just after Bhuvi's overs. Yeah. And they were like, he was hitting them, like, you know, they they were just like inch perfect Yorkers, basically. That yeah, small margin that, of time, he's nailing it every yeah, single that, time. That Pakistan game, he almost like kind of pulled it back. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That 20th absolutely. over, yeah. Yeah, so he he like looks like he has some serious control over it, uh, you know. And then, but like we talk about the margins of error, even Azhar was saying, you know, the margins of error is so so small that if you're not somebody like Bumrah, sometimes Afridi, I think you 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 can struggle. So like Jordan, Jordan is he was who's very top tier, but you know he has days where he can get hit, he can miss those jokers. Like there was a time in 2016, and people forget that that the second last over that he bowled in the 2016 T20 World Cup final was a great over, was a great over that made that last over difficult. And, you know, because Ben Stokes missed his jokers by, I'd say, what, six, seven inches, he he got taken to the cleaners. But at that period, Jordan was so good with his jokers and he had such a good tournament. But now Jordan, you know, over the last, I think, year or so, he's even spoken publicly about it, that he's had to, like, think beyond just jokers. He's had to go hard lengths and stuff. And, and that's the thing about, like, that's the thing about the whole Yorker debate is it becomes so black and white, you know, like when commentators come on air and they're like, oh, if only he could just nail his Yorker now. It's not so easy to nail your Yorkers there. The whole, like, the whole point about the Yorker debate is that in some situations, in the hands of some bowlers, against some batters, on some grounds, it is a very good weapon to hit if you hit it consistently. But on many other occasions... It's not going to be your. It's not going to be the only weapon that you have at the death. You're going to need to have more weapons at the death. You know, so it's not. You can't, as a genre, make a judgment on the Yorker that oh, this is the best weapon for the death. It doesn't work yeah. like that. You no, know, you need like you need the circumstances for it to be correct. You need the bowler for it to be correct, and you need you always need to have like backup plans and other options as well. Could could a weapon, and I do not know if any of y'all can remember from the top of your head because I'm blanking here, but could a weapon be a spinner? Have 
I'm pretty sure there have been. Have you all seen spinners do well between overs, the last four overs of an innings? KK. Yeah, and it's actually like it's become a kind of tactic now because hmm. say you have a guy like Dinesh Karthik who's you know who this is his special specialist position where it's not about batting at number six; it's about coming in at in the fourteenth or fifteenth over and being there for that last four overs and being there to uh, hit the fast bowlers of the opposition team. So, if you have say a good leg spinner in your attack. And, you know, you've used that leg spinner for three overs. You'd be like, okay, Dinesh Karthik is still there to come. I'm going to hold this guy back to bowl maybe the 17th over when Karthik is at the crease. And, uh, you know, this could happen. They, uh, like Freddie Wild of uh, Crick Viz has written like some really good like guides to how to play against each team at this World Cup. And, you know, he's mentioned that this could be like a legitimate tactic against Matthew Wade as well where he plays a very similar role of like, he comes in right at the end at number seven usually. And again, he's got like a very uh, like strong preference for fast bowling. So as a tactic, I think it you will see it at various points during this World Cup as well. You've seen it in the IPL this year with Dinesh Karthik. Mm. Uh, and that's in general, but in particular, like uh, Sunil Narayan and Rashid Khan are just you know, any phase, but yeah, the difficulty of hitting them is it gets pronounced when you actually have to hit them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, through the middle overs, generally, like teams, they tend to compromise and say, like, okay, I'm not giving this guy a wicket, so I'll play Rashid Khan out. But when it comes to, say, the 17th or 18th over and you have to take the guy on, it actually magnifies his potency as a wicket taker as well. I'm looking at our list of, of best death bowlers and there's only two spinning names in there and that's Rashid and, and Sunil Narayan. But, you know, it's I, I think that that's partly also because people just don't use spin at the death. So, that, you know, spinners hmm. just don't put it. Yeah. Um, and I would think maybe we're past that era now, but, you know, you, there was a time when, or maybe that was too long ago, actually. Saklain used to bowl at the death. Saeed Ajman used to bowl at the death a lot. But those were different formats, different times. Uh, different bowlers also, you know, yeah. like Ajmal at least, you know, went out of the game after his action was called and stuff. So you, you put an asterisk yeah. on that anyway. But I, I, maybe it's a function also of not using, like people unwilling to use spinners enough at the death. Uh, maybe it's a function of not, yeah, just not having the confidence. I mean, there, there are some good good spinners out there. Guys like, you know, Shadab is another one who, who you might think they might try, but people don't try. And I guess it's just the way people think, the captains think about cricket is that you would rather have your pace bowler there than, than a spinner. I, I love this thing and I have to get it in. It's like any problem that Pakistan has, middle of the order, get Shadab in there. If they have a problem with the death bowling, let give the ball to him. Let him bowl at the death. He is the, the problem. The answer to all of the problems. Yeah, the answer to every single problem. Okay, so we are almost running out of time. Osman, is there anything else you want to say about your piece? Are you hoping that maybe... What if a spinner now comes and bowls in the dead during this World Cup in the next week and does really well? You'd have to change your entire piece. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I, I I wouldn't write anything so so sweeping <laughs> that would exclude. A, it would be great to see a spinner do something. But I think actually, like this, uh, this tournament, you know, especially watching Wasim today and some of the numbers that that Gaurav sent through, it is it is interesting uh, how like death overs work. And I I I do go back to like 
what what KK said at the very start of this is that you know it's it's just another phase, which is as important or not as the other three phases that we break up a T20 game in. You know, the power play, the middle orders, and the death. They're all if you if you mess up the power play, then the death overs don't matter much. If you really mess up the power mm-hmm. play, you know, if you don't go hard in the middle order, then the death overs might not count for so much. Um, it, but you know. We'll still be talking about them, of course, come the end of this tournament. I'm sure I'll, I'll yeah. still be writing about it come the end of this tournament. So you know, it, it'll, it'll remain that. But yeah, it, it's good to put it into perspective that you know, death overs are but one of six phases in a T20 game that kind of decide the for, the, the 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 result of that T20 game. Yeah. KK, final word with you. No, I don't want to circle back. I know I said we will, but I don't want to circle back. I think Bumrah is a loss. India are going to miss him. But can you tell India fans that it's going to be all right without him? <laughs> I won't go that far. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. So sometimes it's just really hard to like predict what a tournament is going to look like, right? Like you've come to Australia and everyone's from about pace and bounce and all that. First round so far has been all about like really slow pitches and uh, slow outfields and uh, chasing has been so hard. So like you'll only get to know the shape of a tournament as it develops. And mm. you know when we talk about death overs for India, the issue but I guess it's an issue for all teams because it's the hardest time to bowl is when you know you're defending a total and the other team is still in the game and they need to say 12 and over in the last three overs and that's when like your death bowlers get put under that kind of pressure in a tournament like I don't know like Australia last year winning the T20 World Cup they won a bunch of tosses they hardly had to bat first they chased a lot. I mean, I might be getting this completely wrong, but I think I'm right here. They chased a lot, and no. in a in a tournament where chasing was significantly easier, that helped them a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot could happen that kind of hides away India's death bowling issue. Uh, one of the other things is that India's batting has improved to the extent that they get more than par more often than they used to before. So uh, you know that could make up for the notional loss of whatever uh, in the death overs. So there's so many factors that go into it and like they, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's one among many factors and for India fans, I think their batting lineup is, is doing as well as it probably ever has in T20, though that could change in the next week. Uh, Mm. But leading into the tournament, right? There's so many positive signs there. And, you know, the other areas of their bowling are, again, without Bumrah weekend, but not, you know, not debilitatingly so. So, I think they should probably still have a good tournament. Though they could still have like a really good tournament, win four games out of five and go out uh, in the first round like uh, South Africa did last time. So, it's just... Too many variables here. And- can I can I just so I, I I would be a fool to not add what uh so G Stats sent, you know, these Excel sheets and stuff, and he's got like different sheets and the best death bowlers is there. So he's gone through the list on the, and on the side he's left these little footnotes, these really pithy kind of footnotes. <laughs> referring to your question, Karthik, about uh, you know, should India fans be like all doom and gloom with Bumran out there? So he's written for peace. Marshall, who is India's death bowler, is the worst in terms of conceding boundaries. Oh, man. <laughs> After that, he writes, Shami, who could replace Bumrah, is also amongst the worst. <laughs> oh. 
Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> like you, you know, we we all know G stats and the way he talks and the way he's like very firm. Like, come on, mm. guys! <laughs> the way he's written this down, his last line in that is just simply "holder is bad." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Randomly, Jason like, Holder is bad. So, you know, these things. So, just on your question, this is what G stats thinks at least that Bumra. Mm. Oh yeah, he's gonna be a big loss, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, 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 Jason Holder slander at least on this show. Uh, okay, no, so let, no, let's no, let's no, leave no. now. But maybe we can just get one quick one in. Yeah, just one one word answers from each of y'all. Thirteen to win Dinesh Karthik and Matthew Wade at the crease. Pick a bowler from this tournament. It can be any bowler. KK. Uh, Rashid Khan. I pick Haris Rao for the moment. Oh, nice. Okay, so on that note, Tosman Sami Udin, Karthik Swami, listeners, all of y'all enjoy the T20 World Cup. We will catch you next week. I sorry, I should have picked Mohammed Basim on today's evidence. <laughs> <laughs>